0: Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our examination of prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn's questioning of Dr. Cox, including his inquiry into details about the weapon Dr. Cox provided to the defendant. On today's installment, we conclude our look at Shellhorn's direct examination of the witness, and we begin to explore the cross-examination of Dr. Cox by defense attorney Edward Belenkas. That's all coming up right after the break. As we concluded our last episode, the second day of the Barrison trial came to a close with Dr. Ruth Cox testifying about the weapon that she provided to the defendant. As day three of the trial begins, Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn continues to ask Dr. Cox about the gun, as well as the events she witnessed on the day that Ms. Kanarek was shot. Judge Steven Taylor presides.
1: I think we left off yesterday, uh, just before I was going to ask you some questions about August 7th, but I did just want to follow up on two things we discussed yesterday. The first is with respect to the gun, S-177 in evidence. If you remember yesterday, it was turned the other way. I asked you to show the jury where the magazine release button was, and you couldn't see it because the gun was turned around. So if you could just stand up and just point out to the jury where that button is. It's Black? So it's that button that's right next to where the trigger guard is.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: thank you. Okay. That's it. It was just turned around yesterday, yes, so I wanted I to make sure. Yes, sir. I understand.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Doctor, we talked yesterday about the night that Michael barisone asked you for the gun. Do you remember that? Yes, sir, I do. And I think you had told the jury that you were near or around the state the stall where Dee Dee was. Yes, sir. I'm showing you what's uh, been marked as S four hundred one.
0: shellhorn shows Doctor Cox a photo of a horse's stall inside of a barn. The lower half of the stall door is made of wood and the upper half is closed off by white vertical metal bars. Behind the bars we see a dark horse. Do you recognize
1: what S401 is a picture of? Yes, sir, I do. Can you tell the jury what that's a picture of?
2: Yes, uh, this is the stall uh, that I was uh, spending the nights at. Uh, Michael had concern about uh, my horse's safety, and he had asked me to spend the nights there in front of his stall.
1: So that's the stall where Dee Dee was, was housed? Was housed. Uh, what are those uh, areas just to, to the left of the stall?
2: Those are two wash stalls.
1: And is that horse that we see in the picture, didi Dee Dee?
2: I can't tell you whether that that's him or not unless you could show me his face. I can't tell you, it's, it's kind of the right color, but it looks like a horse that's been clipped, but I couldn't, there were many, many horses there.
1: All right, Doctor, I wanna draw your attention to uh, August 7th now, Wednesday, August 7th. Do you remember what you were doing that morning?
2: Uh, yes, sir, the long table that's there uh, in the club room, I was at the end of that table that is closest to the front of the building. There were two windows there with my laptop doing uh, work. And at some point,
1: do you remember if you were told or you became aware that there was someone from child protection at the farm? Yes, sir. Do you remember approximately what time of day that was?
2: My best guess would be sometime mid midday, noon noontimes, noon to one, something like that. I could not give you an exact time.
1: You were You were engrossed in your work? Yes, sir. Do you remember if that caseworker was a man or a woman? It was a woman. Do you recall how you became aware that that caseworker was at the farm?
2: Yes, sir, I do. Mary Haskins asked me, came over and asked me if I would be willing to talk to her. She had some questions about Michael and the children, and she asked me if I would come and answer her questions, and I agreed to do that.
1: And do you recall where you spoke with the caseworker? Yes, sir. Did you tell the jury?
2: Yes, sir. So, in the pictures, I'm assuming they've seen pictures of the clubroom? Yes. Okay. So where the pool table was, there's a door to the left of that pool table that is a corridor between the uh, club room into Michael's work garage where he had his cars. And there's doors on either side of that. So we went, because there were people milling around, so we went into that area and we went to the father's corner that you could go in that area and we stood there and talked.
1: Besides you and the caseworker, was anyone else present?
2: Mary Haskins was there.
1: Uh, Were the doors open or closed? They were closed. Now, do you know where the defendant was at the time you went to speak with the caseworker? No,
2: no, sir, I do not.
1: Did you see at any point if or when he left the area of the barn?
2: I can tell you that because of where I was sitting at the end of that table uh, with the window there, I saw his truck. He had two silver trucks. I saw his truck go down the driveway, down the hill toward the house i assumed it was him driving driving
3: that what's it hold on doctor what's the basis all right clarify your questions
1: or lay a foundation you didn't see who was driving that truck no sir i did not was that before or after you went into the hallway with the caseworker
2: Oh, oh that would be after
1: so after you were talking to the caseworker you went back to the table and that's when you saw the truck yes sir did you see uh, the defendant running around the, the clubhouse or the stable that afternoon?
2: I saw him around around the area yes.
1: Was he yelling or screaming or carrying on any of that anything of that nature? No sir. Now at some point uh, that afternoon on August 7th, did you become aware that police were at the property? Yes, sir. And without getting into specifics of what someone may or may not have told you, How did you generally become aware of that?
2: Mary Haskins' father was there and he, I got some information from him that concerned me that something had happened down at the house.
1: And what did you do as a result of that?
2: I got in my truck and drove down there.
1: When you say down there, you mean to the house? To the house. Could you see the house from when you got into your truck at the parking lot and started to drive?
2: yes sir i could
1: you could see the house from the parking lot
2: what you said once i got in my truck and started to drive down the hill yes sir
1: okay so after you got to the top of the hill you started to drive you could see the house yes i could Um, how close did you get to the area of the house
2: not very close because there were many many police cars down there there were many many policemen and i got probably Thinking about yards, I probably got uh, 15 yards. So if the house is here, the driveway's here, I probably got about 15 yards up the driveway and was stopped. Am I being clear with that and answering your question?
1: I think so. So you didn't get all the way to the driveway? No, sir. Into the back Oh, no, sir. There's no way you could have gotten in there. Did you see uh, Michael Barrison in the area? Yes, I did. And do you recall... Can you describe how he, uh, whether he was standing, sitting, kneeling, or something else?
2: At one point, uh, he was uh, kneeling. Uh, There was a policeman uh, standing behind him. His arms were behind him like that. And then at another time, he was sitting next to the wheels of, I don't know if it was a trailer or a car that was there in the parking lot.
1: Now, I think you said yesterday that at some time, After the police got to the scene and and after the investigation began, that you were advised or you learned that your firearm had been recovered by the police? Yes. Were you asked that night on August 7th, 2019 about your firearm? Yes, sir. And were you shown a picture of a black and pink 9mm Ruger by a detective? Yes, sir. What did you think when the police officer showed you that picture?
2: My heart sank. I didn't hardly think anything my heart sank.
1: And had you seen that gun again since you gave it to Michael Barrison in the, in the uh, stable a couple of nights earlier?
2: I had not seen that gun again until you showed it to me in, in the courtroom. Did I understand your question correctly? I think so.
1: Do you still have any ongoing business with uh, either Mary Haskins, Greg? No, I do not. How about, do you have any ongoing business with the defendant? No, sir, I do not. Judge, I don't have any further questions. Thank you.
0: Judge Steven Taylor invites Barrison defense attorney Edward Belinkis to cross-examine the witness.
3: Cross-examination.
0: Belinkis addresses Dr. Cox. Ms. Cox, uh, you were charged
4: with a criminal offense, correct? Yes, sir.
0: And you agreed to uh,
4: testify as part of your uh, plea agreement, correct?
2: Yes, sir.
4: Now, uh, the prosecutor just asked you questions concerning you being shown a picture of your gun on the night of the incident, correct? Yes, sir. And and that's the uh, question where you said your heart stopped, correct? Yes, sir. Now, you told the police at that time that you weren't sure if it was your gun, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, but deep down in your heart, you knew it was your gun,
0: correct?
2: I strongly thought it was my gun, yes, sir.
4: Was there any doubt in your mind that the gun that they were showing you at that time was your gun?
2: Well, there was a, a little bit of hope that it wasn't my gun until I knew that it was the same serial number as my gun.
4: Now, you've been coming to the farm for approximately five years, correct? Yes, sir. You're coming up this last time, and that was, what, Friday before the Wednesday uh, incident? Correct? Yes, sir. Is it a fact that you were asked to come up uh, by Michael Barrison? No, sir, th- that's not correct. Who-, who asked you to come up?
2: I was not directly asked to come up. I had some exchanges uh, with uh, MH, Mary Haskins, and she told me what was going on up there. I had had plans to come a week or so later, and as she and I talked about it, we decided that perhaps it was best that I come on up that weekend.
4: You basically came up out of the goodness of your
2: heart to help them, correct? That is absolutely correct, sir.
4: And, and that is after you were told by Mary Haskins exactly what was going on, at least according to her, correct? Yes, sir. And you were told, can I assume, some pretty horrible things? Yes, sir. Now, you were there for, what, four or five days before the incident? Yes, sir. And and would you agree with me that the entire situation uh, was toxic? Yes, sir. Were you there, and did you personally see the police come... Numerous times to the property. Yes, sir, I did. And, and were you present during any of those times? Yes, sir, I was. And at any point during those times, did did you hear Michael Barrison tell the police that he was so objectionable?
3: Mr. Blankus sustained.
4: Judge again.
3: Michael. No, uh, uh, not again. It's the same ruling I had before. It's hearsay.
4: It's not offered for the truth.
3: Yes, it is. Okay.
4: All right. So you were present when the police arrived. Yes, sir. And you saw. Of the police talking to Michael Barisone, correct? Yes, sir. Were you present when Mary Haskins sent her child away? Yes, sir, I was. And was that
2: emotional for her?
3: Yes, sir. Do you know when that occurred, ma'am? What day after you arrived? You said you arrived on a Friday, sir.
2: I haven't the faintest yet. Why? But, I'm sorry. Right.
3: But, but it, it was, was during it, the time from oh yes, it, the second to when the uh, yes, the incident it, happened. It
2: would have been between when I got there on Friday, uh, probably over that weekend, because I had intended just to come for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And because things continued to get worse and worse and more tense, and Michael asked me to stay. All right. And so I stayed. But in this is a young child right. who did not need to be in that environment and that situation at all, all right. and so M.H. made arrangements for him to leave and to go to her mother.
3: All right. Very good. Thank you.
2: Now, were you present when the town
4: officials came to the property and kicked everyone out of the stable area? Yes, sir, I was. And from that point on, was Michael Barrison sleeping outside on the porch on the mattress? Yes, sir. Now. Was there ever a time while you were there where you were with Michael Barrison and you saw Lauren Canerac at night in the woods flashing a flashlight on and off?
2: I was there when Michael and I were on the front porch and somewhat saw someone out in the field with a flashlight putting it on and off and on and off. Whether it was her or not, I cannot tell you.
4: Did you ever see Lauren Canerac and Rob Goodwin come to the stable area after hours and turn all the lights on and start playing the music loudly.
2: Yes, sir, I absolutely did. That was why I was asked by Michael to uh, spend the nights in front of our horse, Don Devone. We called him affectionately dd because she and he would come at odd hours during the night and do exactly as you said, turn all the lights on in the stable, turn on the music, which in for the horses, they should have quiet and peace at night and not be disturbed because they are very busy during the day. And that was the routine that was asked to be done at the stables is after eight o'clock that there be nobody up there in the stables.
4: And is it safe to say based on your observations that Lauren Cataract, uh refused to abide by those rules
2: absolutely sir she did
4: now let's talk about this horse dd you indicated that michael was concerned for the safety of that horse on direct correct
2: yes sir were you mm-hmm. also concerned yes sir i was concerned as well mm-hmm. how much is dd Dee Dee worth approximately are you asking me how much he was worth then or how much he might be worth now
3: i would assume that what now then. then yes not now just then at the yeah. time
2: I would have said he was worth probably around two hundred thousand dollars with
3: the
4: potential to be worth a lot more correct
2: yes sir and that's why I asked the question do you want me to tell you something now
4: now this conversation that you have uh, uh, testified to with regards to the gun that was in front of uh, DD's stall mm-hmm. correct yes sir now isn't Lauren Chatterack's Locker right nearby there.
2: I couldn't tell you sir. I have no idea about that. I don't know where her locker was
4: Did you receive any information with regards to the possible recording of private conversations in the? Stable area
3: don't don't answer that question. I think it calls for a hearsay answer doesn't it mr. Belencus Unless she unless she has personal knowledge herself somehow, but other than that it would be a hearsay answer.
4: Were you concerned about your private conversations being recorded at any time? Yes, sir. Do you have any idea where any recordings were placed in the stable area?
2: No, sir, I do not.
0: Malinkas then pivots back to asking Dr. Cox about her gun. Now,
4: this conversation with regards <laughs> to your uh, gun, it was in your vehicle, correct? Yes, sir. And at the time of that conversation, Would you agree with me that things were going crazy at the stable or on the property? Yes. That conversation with regards to the gun occurred right in front of UD's stall, correct? Yes, sir. And you indicated that you were sleeping
2: there. Yes, sir.
4: Was that a common thing for you to do when you visited the
2: farm? Sleep in front of my horse's stable? Yeah. No, sir, that was not common. I was asked to do that by Michael because of his concern uh, for the horse. On any previous occasion
4: that you have come to the farm, had you ever slept in front of your horse's stall? No, sir. Now, with regards to that horse, was there an incident with you and Lauren Canterac regarding the
1: feeding of that horse? Yes, sir. During this time, did Lauren Canterac... I'm not sure what the relevance of this line of questioning is.
0: After a brief off-camera sidebar to discuss Prosecutor Shellhorn's objection, Judge Taylor brings the jury back into the courtroom.
3: All right, sorry for that delay, ladies and gentlemen. There are a number of legal issues that uh, come up during testimony, as you have seen, that have to be resolved outside of your presence. Again, I'll try to keep him at a minimum, um, but it is important to get that decision right. All right, the objection's overruled. You can ask the question, Mr. Belenkas.
4: Dr. Cox, you indicated that Warren is coming to the stable after hours, correct? Yes, sir. And that was against the rules, so correct? Yes, sir. And on one of those occasions, and all this stuff is going on, did she attempt to feed your animal? Yes, sir. Was that after you told her not to feed your animal?
2: Yes, sir. It was after she had fed him, and I asked her to please, please do not feed him. And she did it again. She was feeding him some sugar. Lumps of sugar.
4: And and were you concerned in light of everything that was going on, her feeding your horse? Yes, sir. I was very concerned. And was she videotaping this or were you trying to videotape this?
2: Yes, I did videotape it.
4: And why did you videotape it?
2: Because of my concern for the horse and what was going on with the horse. Judge Taylor
0: interjects with a question for the witness.
3: Did you communicate that to Mr. Barrison?
2: Did I tell him that this had happened? Yes. Yes, sir, I did.
3: When did that happen?
2: When did I tell him that? Yes, if you recall. It would have been the next time that I saw him. Judge Taylor then pauses
0: the questioning and offers clarification to the jury on the relevance of this testimony to their consideration of the facts of the case
3: all right thank you ladies and gentlemen um you did hear some testimony regarding some uh, alleged conduct of miss canterac Th- that conduct was admitted only uh for a limited purpose it's not bad character evidence against miss canterac that's not the purpose of the testimony the relevance of the testimony is only whether mr Barrison learned about it and whether or not it affected his state of mind in any way all right that's the only purpose the court allowed that testimony in court today. It's not meant to be testimony or evidence about the bad character of Miss Counteract. All right. Very good. Thank you.
0: And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrisone. Please join us on our next installment for the conclusion of the testimony of Dr. Ruth Cox. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taricum. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.